it's Camp Elements time, y'all. Camp Elements, man. We're Give your youth a, a hand. They've worked hard. Yeah. Some of them pulled weeds and threw mulch and leaves and washed cars and yeah. all that type of stuff. And, man, it's finally here, and it's going to be powerful. It's going to be good. It's going to be I, awesome. I was telling somebody I was like a kid the day of Christmas. I'm ready to go. <laughs> amen. amen. We got some great helpers and a great team. Yeah, amen. Amen. So awesome, man. Thank you for, for supporting our youth. A bunch of you yes. stepped up and went above and beyond, and we're yes. just so grateful for uh, getting behind our youth. This, I really believe, is a pilot for something much greater in our youth, something Amen. powerful happening. I, I know that there's going to be a phenomenal deposit in our youth. So be praying for our youth. We, yeah. We're going to pray right now for our leaders particularly because they need it, I'm yeah, sure. Yeah, we do. <laughs> <laughs> but also, no, for the youth, they're going to have a really, really good time. I, I, I'm... I'm I am really excited. Mm. So, uh, Pastor, I'm picking up Pastor Rod and Larry at like past 10 p.m. tonight. So, they're only gonna, I'm going to drive them up to the camp by midnight. Yeah. And they're going to be fired up because they always are uh, ready to go in the morning. When, and so, T and them on, and, the, and the youth are pulling out straight after the service to mm. go to, to the camp. And, man, I tell you what, just be praying for them. Amen. That's, yeah. that's just this whole. I've been getting text messages, you know, the text messages. We've been going back and forth between Pastor Rod and Pastor Larry, some emails and they are just pumped up, <laughs> and uh, we're going to wear each other out, wear the kids out, and all of us going to come back worn out and full and happy in the Holy Ghost. Amen? And, and some of that is going to spill over next. If you come yes. back next Sunday, Pastor Rod's going to be teaching here. Yeah. So you're, you're going you're gonna to meet. If you don't know Pastor Rod already, you're in for a treat. So um, he's going to be. Come, honey. She's not coming. Oh, Thank oh you, you want to come up? There you I go. I want my wife to join me. There you go. Amen. Stacy is awesome. She doesn't. She doesn't like to come and be up, but well. she's good. That's right. She said, "I face the youth every Wednesday." Ain't nothing, Mrs. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, let's pray for them, won't you? Won't you pray for and stretch out your hands to them and. They, they represent more than just, just uh, kids, but themselves and all the leaders. Father, we just thank you for truly a, a gift that you've placed on, on T and Stacy. Lord, we thank you for the love that you've, that you've kindled in their hearts and set them on fire for the youth and uh, to love youth. And Lord, we just know that their hands, their mouth, every part of them is an extension of you and what you're going to be doing this week. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for empowering them for doing what you're planning to do, not just this week, but what is being set in motion for the future. And so we release them and separate them to that in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 I just want to give a special thanks out to, to uh, special people, our pastor, Karen. I mean, they, uh, they are 110% behind us and these youth, y'all. I'm, I'm telling you. And, and Hank and Janine yes. and Miss Carrie, uh, all, all the helpers and people that, that, is, that has helped out and are helping out. Thank you so much. That's Amen. Awesome. Praise awesome. the Lord. Amen. Thank you, guys. Amen. We can't wait to hear all the stories. Well, maybe not all the stories, but most of the, just the good ones. <laughs> it's going to be good. No, that's awesome. I do want to mention, we've got a little video, but just before we say that, the GLS is um, coming up pretty quick. And um, Tuesday is the cutoff for uh, or the early bird pricing. So you can still register early bird pricing. And as you've heard us, if you've, if you've been paying attention to what we've been talking about, the GLS coming, it is a phenomenal input week. Um, if you're a business owner or no business owners who want to who invest in the leadership, look, everybody's a leader. Fathers are leaders, dads, moms are leaders. Everybody's a leader. And if the leader gets better, everybody, everybody wins, right? So in any case, um, so... Early bird pricing until Tuesday, but and remember that's not for us. That that's just that goes straight to the GLS. But in any case, let's watch this uh, this little video.
Amen. So we're one of the few in-person hosts in the, in the Central Florida area. And so we look forward to, to hosting you and any, any other people that are going to be coming. So um, that is coming, at, as you see, on August the 5th and 6th. So it's, yeah, invite people, please. Invite, and, and you can go send them straight to our website, slash GLS, so lakehaven.tv slash GLS, and, and there's links there too. Hallelujah. Amen. We're excited. So um, we want to jump in and, and, and get, get this uh, get this out. I want to get this. I'm excited today because as, if you were here last week, the topic I'm on is the foundational topic of all. And, and I'd really spoke, the Lord's dropped this in my heart. I, you know, uh, we can roll our eyeballs when we talk about the love of God. But I call this message, what's your V-hat? What's your V-hat? And, and, uh, and, and as I explained, if you were here last week, there is a business term that is a big, hairy, audacious goal, your BHAG. If you're in business, what is the reason that you're in business? What is your motive for doing what you're doing? What gets you out of bed in the, get, gets you bed in the, out of bed in the morning? And what keeps you going when you go through tough times? Any of you been through tough times? Right. Sometimes hell breaks loose. Or it so feels like it feels like you've got every demon in hell chasing you. It feels like you've been squashed. It feels like you've been stomped on, and it doesn't seem to relent. You even go to church, and it feels like the pastor's against you. You know, he's not, but it feels like that. But, but you know what I mean. We we all go through stuff, and and um, and and you there is a there is a big hairy audacious truth that we need to get our ground ourselves grounded in. You know, it's not. It, it it has to be. It has to be the absolute root and foundation of our existence. It has to be, as we said last week, the perception and paradigm that we choose to see everything through. It has to be so soaked in ourselves and in our person and in our being that when we see anything contrary to that, it just filters that straight out. You can't read scripture without a good filter. Because listen, we all, as we said last week, you're going to read Scripture through the filter that you currently see. We all come from crazy different backgrounds and cultures and filters and all these, these perspectives, paradigm, religious things that we see things through. And if you, you can think that you hear think or assume that you know something, hear the same words, but you're filtering it. Jesus even mentioned, he said, beware, and as I said last week, he said, beware the leaven of the Pharisees, and immediately they filtered that statement through the bread incident that had just happened. And they rolled their eyeballs and said, it's because we've forgotten to bring bread. Because he made that statement, right? And Jesus was like, no, 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 guys, listen, bread, bread's not the issue here. Bread's not the issue. And he told them to beware of the leaven of the Pharisees, and it says that he's talking about the teaching of the Pharisees, and we spoke about that last week, legalism, and the, and the perspective of legalism. Look, I was drenched and soaked and, and, and died in the wool, a legalist. I got that way. You're not born again that way, but you get that way if you stick around certain teaching, certain churches. You don't have to go very far. You can just adopt that persona because or, or perspective or paradigm it's so easy because that's what gets told, a, 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 a paradigm of legalism. And, and, and we, we, we looked at just, you know, how you can turn a miracle into, you know, who told you to pick up your mat? What? Who told you to pick up your mat? Never mind. What the heck? You've been sick for 38 years. Who you working? What's the deal? Who healed you? 38 years of paralytic. No, 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 no. Who told you to pick up your mat? It's Sunday. What's up with that? But that's what legalism does. That's what legalism sees. Legalism filters everything. And we can put on a lot of filters. Fear can be a filter. You can make a lot of things different filters. But we have to... So, so this topic, this, 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 this reason that we're here, and Lake Haven basically is here, we've said, is that, that you can intimately know God and, and intimately know His person and, and experience His unconditional love we absolutely have to have uh, uh, know that God is love and we're going to look at that today is simply now this is a topic I love this topic because it's I 
it, it revolutionized my Christian walk. And, and we, we talk about it from time to time. And as I, was, I was felt that the Lord was leading me up to something about forgiveness, and I'm pretty sure we will talk about forgiveness because forgiveness is part of this love of God thing. Man, when, when you start talking about forgiveness, it's like, I'm so excited because, you know, I used to hear forgiveness through the filter of you better forgive because if you don't forgive, then God won't forgive you. And you got the scripture to prove that one, you think. You think, but it's only because you've got a filter on. It's only there. And you see, so I will get to forgiveness, but that's not today. So I was like talking, I was getting excited because I was just, as the Lord was reminding me, because, uh, because as, as I mentioned last week as well, I have been talking and, and teaching some foundational series. We spoke about the sowing and reaping thing and, and how, see, the Word of God is this powerful thing that can absolutely change our lives, but if we don't pr- know how to prepare our heart and we know how to nourish the seed in our heart and we know how to, to, to water it and, and we know to, to, how to, to, to weed the stuff in our garden, God's Word won't grow and produce fruit in our life, and we went through that, and, and we went through the I Reckon thing recently, and there's a lot of stuff that I've been teaching that if you, don't, if you don't hear what I'm saying through the filter, that this foundational filter, which I assume that we're all in, but I'll tell you what, man, it's easy. It's easy to gutter bowl. Are you a bowler, a good bowler? I'm not a good bowler. You know, sometimes we have to get those little kiddie rails up, you know. <laughs> hey! <laughs> yeah, you know. Because gutter balling is so easy, especially when you died in the wool. You've done that stuff. You just gutter ball. You just immediately go back to what you've always heard, always thought, always believed. But, 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 but if you, we know how to entrench ourselves in truth because we know how to sow, we get these things grounded, right? It's so, so, so important because I talk about personal responsibility and partnering with God and how we align ourselves with God and how it's necessary for us to be a partner with God on earth. It is. We're, we're, we're an essential part. We're His hands and feet. And we, we, we've, we've so, that truth is ex- absolutely, it's almost not prevalent in the body of Christ today. They think that God can operate besides without people. They feel like, oh God, if I just stay in my closet and pray, the world will get saved. Nope. We pray for things that God has already done, or we pray for things that God told us to do. God gave us instructions. He's not doing it. We're it. (laughs) And I'm not (laughs) going to go into that. So I've been talking about some of these things, and it's so easy if you don't hear that through this filter that we're talking about, that you can say, oh, oh boy, God doesn't love me because of what the pastor just said or what the pastor's been teaching because we gutter ball into that paradigm, that mindset that God doesn't love me or God will give, or God, his promises aren't true for me, which are all just lies. Every promise that God has given you is yes and amen in Christ. We are by faith and grace, by grace through faith in Christ. We experience them through Christ. There is nothing that you can ever do to earn anything from God. But we get everything when we step in by grace, through faith, into Christ. He is it. And when we understand, look, He is for us. And this whole story from beginning to end is a passionate love story. So that when we say that the overarching goal of Lake Haven is simply this, that you can intimately passionately know God and experience His unconditional love. That's our overarching goal. You see, because when your heart has died in the world, let me tell you, if your heart is intimately, passionately in love with Jesus, nobody has to talk you into going to church. Nobody has to talk you into doing something. Nobody has to talk about giving or because you are fired up. You can't wait. You are jumping out of bed to be part of, because that is, your, that is your love. It's like when you first fell in love with your spouse, you didn't have to, no, didn't, somebody didn't have to tell you, oh, be sure you get ready to go and see your girlfriend, your boyfriend. Oh, gosh, here I am. I've got to go and see them again. I wonder how long, I wonder how long I've got to spend with them. I hope it's not more than an hour. Oh, God. <laughs> right? 
you could you would you would just want to be with him all the time and they could say nothing and you would just <laughs> that, that stupid look in your face you know <laughs> aren't they awesome they just beautiful you know, whatever you know whatever but that's how you feel about god seriously in fact in fact that whole marriage relationship is just a glimpse of uh, it's just a little taste of the passion that god loves you with passion and i mean passion when you start seeing the filter that god loves you through and and you see it right from genesis to revelation you realize that's why the book of song of solomon's is even the bible like what i never realized what this book was in here for well, I mean, the whole thing is a passionate love story. Why do you think God talks about idolatry and didn't like it and was one of the Ten Commandments? And why do you think that he talks about him being jealous, a jealous God? Because he, he loves you. He can't help but it is like he's jealous. He wants to spend time with you. He likes you. He loves you so passionately. But we don't, we don't hear that. We disqualify ourselves. We gutter ball. Blink into this, oh, God doesn't really love me this much because, and then we've got all our reasons and all our religious excuses. It's because I sinned and because I did that and I did that, blah, 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 blah because the pastor, my teach, my culture, my whatever you want to blame, something ex makes you believe that you do not qualify. Something even stops you from, is that just too good to be true? That God really, really has that kind of, yes, it is. And, and like I said, to, to me, this, when, as, this is a truth that you can't spend enough time soaking yourself in. And I mean soaking in. You have got to so, it, it's got, you, you know when you, you, when, you, when you eat, I don't know what it is, that bunch like certain, certain foods or drinks or whatever the case is that you sweat them out and it's, you smell them, huh? garlic or whatever it's like you you it's like man you've been <laughs> eating garlic or whatever the case is it's, it's, it's like it's got to it's got to pervade your entire system to that degree you can't you can't do it and that's why the ephesians to and when when paul wrote to the ephesians through the spirit of let's say, let's rephrase that i don't like saying that that much when the spirit of god instructed and inspired paul to write to the church in ephesus and he, by the Spirit of God, I mean, here there's a whole string of scriptures that he talks about the love of God. And then he says, man, I, you need to be rooted and grounded and established in God's love. That has got to be your absolute growth place. That is where your roots have got to be stuck in. And, 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 I, and I, I'm not sure if I'll get to it today, but it, it, it's, a, it's a warning to us. And I'm going to, a little glimpse of the future, one of the letters Jesus wrote after he, he went to heaven, you know, he wrote seven letters. Jesus wrote seven letters to the church. Seven letters that he wrote after he ascended from heaven, the church was going through some stuff. So one apostle was left, the prophet John, apostle John on the Isle of Patmos, and he sent seven letters to the church from heaven. First one was with, to, this, to Ephesus, the same church. That, that, he, that he had spoken about love, 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 guys get rooted and grounded. Da, 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 da. And he says, man, you guys, have, you guys have been working, man. You guys have got some good stuff happening. And, and, and he says, but man, there's some, you, you guys are really struggling. You're toiling for stuff. And, and, and you know what? You've forgotten all about your first love. You've forgotten all about your first love, man. And he says, look at the height, Jesus says, look at the height from which you've fallen. This wasn't, this wasn't like, and, and when we study that at some other stage, which not yet, but when we study the letters, to, you will see every one of those letters is just a, is a, is a love letter helping us as the church, uh, helping us. And, and we can, if we don't keep, if we don't keep him and, and this passion alive, we can fall from the height of that he's talking about. We can, we can forget this. We can forget the grace and love that he is speaking about. And the encouragement is, listen, guys, remember, repent, and do when we study that in, in that letter. That's what he says. Remember, remember, repent, and do. In any case, we'll get to that some other stage. But, but right now, today, <laughs> we're going to talk a little bit further about just, just these things. I know that please don't switch off. Just, just, in fact, close your eyes and just with your heart outstretched, don't your hands, just your heart outstretched, just say, Jesus, I'm, I, I'm, I want to hear what you're saying to me.
I open my heart to what you're saying to me. Give me ears afresh to hear what you're saying, what you're saying to me. I open my heart to hear in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So, um, 1 Timothy chapter 1 verse 5 says this, the aim of our charge or the aim of our command is love that issues from a pure heart and a good conscience and a sincere faith. There, there, is, a, there is a critical thing that, that, that Paul writing to Timothy and, he, and he's teaching the, his protege and he says, listen guys, the purpose of all of these things is this, love that issues from a pure heart, a good conscience, and a sincere faith. The whole thing has got to do love from a sincere prayer. And he talks about sincere faith. And that's, what, that's why one of the, the, one of the big things here at Lake Haven is we prize, we prize just genuineness, authenticity. Because we're not, we don't prize fake love. I don't want you to tell me you love me. In fact, you know that Jesus never told one person he loved them. But he showed it, and there's lots of scriptures where, he, where it's, it's, it's absolutely clear. But he didn't say, oh, I love you, Peter. I love you, John. No. But we know that he loved us if we, if we go and pull out the many, many, many scriptures about this. But so the, the point is not, it, it's, it's, a, it's a sincerity of from, uh, that issues from a pure heart. That's the whole goal of all these commands. The, the, and, and Yeah, I'm not going to get myself distracted. Yeah, commands, commands aren't to earn anything from God. Commands are God's prescription for wholeness. God's, God's commands, each one of them, aren't a qualification for you to enter into Jesus because that's by grace through faith alone. Commands are for you to a, a prescription, no different from a doctor saying, listen, guys, drink, take these, do some exercise, eat well, be healthy, go for a walk, whatever. It's a prescription for wholeness. Now, if Dr. Jesus, if you sat in Dr. Jesus' office and he said, listen, guys, this is the prescription for wholeness. Now, there's grace, grace people that will throw every command out and they will say, oh, commands don't matter. We can just live like hellions and do whatever we want to do. And it's like, dude, no, you can. You can because you know what? It won't even change God's love for you. You could live like a hellion. He'd still love you because he loved you before you were saved anyhow but it ain't going to help you. You'll screw your life up and probably a bunch of people's lives around you. So it, it's, it's not got to do, so commands in the New Testament and in the Old, many of the ones in the Old, at least not all of the ones in the Old, they have to be filtered through the covenants and things like that. Which, um, so, but a lot of the commands are just God's prescription for living a whole and abundant life. It's, it's, it's abundantly clear if we see through the right filter, right? So, but if you were a legalist like me, you're dead scared of the word command because as soon as you see the word command, it's like, oh my gosh, I've got to do something for God to love me. No, 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 a thousand times no. So in Philippians 1 verse 9, it says this, it is my prayer that your love may abound more and more with knowledge and all discernment so that you may approve what is excellent and so be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Christ Jesus to the glory and praise of God. So he says that again, my prayer that your love may abound more and more with knowledge and all discernment so that you can see, that's one of these things, so that you can see what is excellent and be pure and blameless for the day of Christ. So phrase you've heard, so don't switch off here. A phrase you've heard me say, God is love. And, and we see this in 1 John chapter 4, um, and we see it in verse 7. It says, Beloved, let us love one another, for, God, for love is from God, and whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God, because God is love. Now, that is not a qualification. It's like, I, I promise you, with my filters, my legalism filters, I used to read this backwards. Constantly read it backwards. I thought I had to go and love God or I've, if I, I mean, sorry, love people or God. And if I didn't love people or God, then God wouldn't love me. I, that, and, and I tell you what, it took me 
a long time for the scales to drop off my eyes and see what this is actually saying. And in fact, the, the whole book of First, First John is, is pretty much on this topic. But it says that God is love. It's, it's a primary understanding that we have to know God is love. God doesn't do love. He doesn't get out of the bed and decide, am I going to love them today or am I going to whack them with a something? Should I love them? Uh, no, they haven't qualified. Should I? Uh, he, he doesn't have to do it. He is love. He is love. So when we say God is good all the time, right? We have one of those little cliches that we throw out. But, but don't switch off because it's like, hold on a second. That is a root, that is a root cornerstone I need to know is that God is love. And, and that statement is twice in the book of 1 John because in verse 16 it says that. And so we have come to know and believe the love that God has for us. And that is a, that's, that's a powerful thing because he says God is love. And whoever abides or settles down, makes its home, and lives in love, lives in God and God in him. That is a powerful scripture. We could camp out on that for a couple of weeks just because there's so much in that. One, the statement that God is love. Again, and then it says that not only is it enough to know it, but we have to get ground, our hearts rooted and grounded. Know and believe the love that God has for us. Know and believe what? The, God, the love that God has for us. And then it says, whoever abides and lives in love, lives in God. And there's so many scriptures, I mean, that we can get to where it talks about guarding yourself in this love. It says in Jude chapter 20, I mean, Jude verse 20 and 21. That's why we're supposed to guard ourselves and keep ourselves in the love of God. It has to be the environment that we dwell in. And I'm telling you, this is a walk of faith. Because when you kicked the dog or had an argument with your wife, it's not so easy to feel loved. Because you think about it and you go and pray about it and God says, well, Shannon, you know, you did this and you did that and you, you start beating yourself up. Or you start disqualifying yourself for something. You start saying, uh-uh. And it feels uncomfortable, right? But the truth is that that's only because you've got, to go, you've, got to, you've got to go back. Hold on a second. I am absolutely loved. So I have to step into faith. I have to say, Lord, I'm loved because your word says I'm loved. Not because I'm feeling loved right now at this moment. I'm loved. I know I'm loved because, God, you said you are love. You are love. You are love. You cannot operate outside of love. Thank you, Lord, that you love me. And that you, so, so you start there, and sometimes you use, well, often you have to use your mouth to tell yourself. Again, I'm not going to go into the whole, see, the whole message that I spoke a couple of weeks, but, but it's, it's one thing to, oh, yeah, I know that. And then we just, oh, yeah, 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 I, 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 know, I know that God loves me. Really? Because you, when you recognize the emotions where you don't feel and you're not living in a place where you're, where you're feeling loved and you're experiencing love, that's when you know that your heart is settled in the fact. And when you're settled in the fact, then you can go back to that place and get into your closet, your prayer closet, if you will, go and spend some time with, with Jesus and, and remind yourself, get yourself established in this primary hat. One, those your big, hairy, audacious trip. Hold on a second. This is something I'm going to have to guard myself in. This is something I'm going to protect myself. You love me. You love me. You love me. Thank you, Father, that no matter what I've done. Now, you see, I, we've got to be real careful with that because people who are just looking for an excuse to commit adultery, I can do whatever I want. That, that, is, that is so far... He so far from being or in love with Jesus, you're excited about spending time with him. You can't, it's, it's, like, it's like running to your dad. When you see him, his eyes are going to be glowing. Just close your eyes just a second. Just imagine his eyes, his eyes just filled, wait to be with you. He can't wait to share with you. He is leaning in towards you. He wants to give you a big hug. 
That is where it is. And, and I know that it's just a step of faith, right? Anyhow, Christ died for us. So even when you were a sinner, Jesus loved you. One little barometer, one little test you can look at your life to see what you really believe, people, in the world. That will tell you how much you're persuaded about the love. You will love your brother. He says, he's saying, if you're not acting in love towards your brother, it's because you don't know this. You see? That's what he's saying. He's saying, he's not saying you better to earn something from God. He's saying, dude, if you don't know how much God loves you, you're you're not going to be able to reflect that. You're not going to be able to give that. It's not going to come out of you to your spouse. You're not going to give grace to your children or to your spouse or to your friends or to the unlovable person next to you. But the more persuaded you are of his love, the more you realize, you know what? I was a real jerk. And guess what? God still loves me. When that truth dawns in in the heart, in your heart, and it becomes alive in you to that point of bursting, you know what? Somebody that gets on Facebook or stands behind some political podium or whatever you want, whatever your least favorite and, and you realize, hold on a second, God loves him, her, as much as me. You're, 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 less, you're less apt to start pointing your finger and being acting self-righteous. Because you realize, hold on a second, mm, thank you Jesus for loving me so much through all my stuff. So a barometer of where we are with this is how we treat people. That's the barometer. And, and, and listen, guys, God's, we know that God's not ticked off. He's not like, okay, you know, I'm disappointed with you. No, th- this is just a call. Come back. Remember the height from which we've fallen? Remember our first love. Proto agape, our first love. And that's not just man's life that's god's love remember who has loved us first remember remember who has loved us first now his primary motive we've said it many times his primary motive is love for god so loved the just the good people no for god so loved the world we've said it so often we don't even hear it anymore for god so loved the world he so loved the world all of humanity for god so loved that he gave and 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 that's what love does god's kind of love the agape kind of love in fact agape if you even go on wikipedia agape one of the greek words for love it will tell you it's 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 the kind of love ascribed to god because it is totally selfless and is always giving and that's why that whole book of i mean the first you know with a from verse four to eight of of first corinthians 13 we call it the love chapter describes god's love the god kind of love and 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 that's powerful when you do that exercise if you take the word love out and put god in have you ever done that go and read that chapter at home in the love chapter i'm not going to even do it today but go and practice because god is love so take the word love out and put the word god in and this is how he feels towards you. This is how he feels towards. But so, so God so loved that he gave, right? Now you've heard, you may have heard this song, this uh, song or hymn. It's an old song. We, I don't remember singing it when I was in church, but we know that human love is simply a reflection. And and you think about, you know, like we speak about boyfriend, girlfriend, husband, wife. You you, you have these. You know, they talk about love, and, and even the world writes poems and songs, and every song that Justin Bieber or whoever else is on the radio is going to come out with about, God's, about love, right? All of, all of these are but just a poor reflection of what true love is. So we've got, to, we've got to redefine what our foundational understanding is when we've spoken about that before. We can't look and say, well, this is how I think love is, so therefore I'm going to define God's love that way. No, 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 it's the other way around. God is the one who is the originator of all love. He's love. And that's another topic. But, but 
everything God does is out of love. So there's this hymn, could we with ink the oceans fill, and were the skies of parchment made, were every stalk on earth a quill, and every man a scribe scroll contain the whole, though stretched from sky to sky. A beautiful old hymn, right? Powerful. Can you imagine the Atlantic and the Pacific and the Mediterranean and every ocean being ink and every stalk a pen? And powerful. Because we just don't know. We just have, don't know with our little three and a half pound brains. This is God. This is God. Nothing can separate us from God's love. Nothing. Nothing, it says in Romans chapter 8. Nothing. What shall we say to these things? Verse 31. If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him for us, will help will he not along with him graciously give us all things? Who shall bring any charge against God's elect? It's God who justifies. Who is to condemn? Christ Jesus, the one who died more than that, who was raised, who is at the right hand of, the, of God, and indeed is interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or danger, and sword? Nothing can separate us from his love. Not angels, not demons, not past, not present, future. Nothing should give you pause to meditate and soak in and say, wow, nothing. Chew on that for a millennium or two. No, but just... Just let it pervade. It's about God's anger, Shannon. You know, there's that things about, like I said, you, know, you mean those ones that talk about his anger lost for a moment, but his love is forever? You know that Isaiah 54 verse 8? In overflow of these verses, right? In overflowing anger, for a moment I hid my face from you, but with momentary love. Is that what it says? Everlasting love, I will have compassion on you, says the Lord your Redeemer. Wow. Redeemer. Everlasting love. Psalm 30 says this, for his anger, verse, verse 5, for his anger is but for a moment, but his favor for a lifetime. Anger for a moment. So Paul writes in 2 Corinthians 5, and he, talk, he says that it's, love is the ultimate motivator. If you're not motivated for the things of God, this is another little barometer. It's because the love of God isn't, isn't driving it. The love of God is the ultimate motivator. In verse 14, compels us. The Young's literal, or oh, listen to these words. The love of Christ doth constrain us. I looked it up in the Weist translation, and it says this. He from considering any, anything else, wrapping itself around me in tenderness and giving me impelling motive. <laughs> for me, this is what you've got to do, you've got to personalize it, presses on me, it constrains me, compels me. It's from all sides, holding me to one end, prohibiting me from considering any other, wrapping itself around me in tenderness and giving me an impelling motive. <laughs> you see, they, they, we've spoken about dead works before and, and just doing stuff because you feel you have to. But when the love of God takes root in your heart and, 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 and it starts impelling you, it's like the apostle Paul. He did some stuff, dude. He went from across the world. He did missionary journeys. How many times was he stoned? Shipwrecked, beaten with rods. And he just got up and went on and went on. Why? Because it was it was it was the to to reach. It, it drove him because he knew knew how much he was loved and how much God's love. You see, that's what we're about. I, I believe without a doubt, if we aren't if we don't if we don't grasp this, we won't have this kind of motivation. So so the the solution is real easy, right? Just be loved by God through you I, um, I when you when I was a kid in Sunday school you remember um, we used to have songs in South Africa I don't know if you even had the same Sunday school when we call Sunday school you know it was little kids school it wasn't what the Baptist called Sunday school at the same time it was like 
it was like, we said, a new commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. You remember? New commandment. And I constantly, my filter, even from little, was that we've got to love people. We've got to love people. This is the commandment. We've got to love people, right? And that comes from, um, from John 13, 34. A new commandment, Jesus says, I give unto you that you love one another just as I have loved you. So you ought to love one another. And I never caught that second, that middle part right there. How did I miss it? Now, maybe you got it all along and it was just me, but it was just like, just as I have loved you. We can only love when we know how much he's loved us. The new commandment is be loved by me. <laughs> that is the new commandment. Be loved by me and you're going to love other people. But we gutter ball. We, we gutter ball into this place where you better love people. You better love people or your faith won't work. Heard that one? Faith people? I love, I love faith, but that's not what it's saying. It says that faith works by love. It doesn't say that if you love people, you're going to make your faith work. It's the other way around. Your faith works when you know how much God loves you. <laughs> faith is, a, but again, that's, it, it all comes because we, 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 we have to, we, we, this new commandment is that we receive it first. It says it in 1 John four nineteen. We love because he first loved us. We love because he first loved us. And then in verse 20, it says this. It says, if anyone says, I love God and hates his brother, he's a liar. This is what he's saying. He says, because he who does not love his brother whom he's, he, he has seen cannot love God whom he's not seen. You see it now? If you love God, you will. If you're experiencing that kind of, if your hose is connected into the love of God, there's only one thing that's coming out the other side, dude. And he's saying, if you're looking at the end here and there ain't nothing coming out of your hose, he says, you're not plugged in, dude. You get it? Just plug in to the love of God. In fact, in, in the, and, I, and I wish I, I felt the time, but I think I should skip over. But the book of, in First John, two chapters before that, the whole the first 17 verses of, of First John chapter 2 talk about this principle. And, and it brings in this element of forgiveness and how God has forgiven the world. And, and that how, he, it says that in, in verse 5, it says, But whoever keeps his word in him, truly is the love of God perfected. And it talks about the new commandment. And he says in verse 7, he goes back to this new commandment. And he says, Beloved, I'm writing to you no new commandment, but an old commandment that you've heard from the beginning. This is nothing new. He's telling he's telling. John is writing, he says, this is not new, guys. This is what we've been saying right from, right from the beginning. This is, not the, this is the same thing we've always heard. The old commandment is the word, and he talks about how it's the love. It's, in verse 5, it says, whoever keeps his word in him is truly love perfected. It's, it's made whole, teleos. It's come to maturity. It's, it's brought to completion. It's the same thing. Love of God, love of God. So it's our, mo it's our, it's our motive, okay? So... I am giving you a lot of meat to go back and check on. Because even in the Old Testament, when I say from the beginning, I'm not talking about when Jesus was walking. Jesus was the manifest word of God. He spoke only what God said from the beginning. He revealed, we've said this many times, he revealed the personality of God. He is in the flesh who God is. If you want to see what God looks like, acts like, speaks like, Look at Jesus, right? And so Jesus came and said these things. Now we so, and you and you look you look you put those you put those spectacles that filter that paradigm of God's love, and then suddenly, man, the Old Testament comes alive with the love of God. Chesed, beautiful Hebrew word that there's even no translation for in English. So different translations tra translations struggle with it. Loving kindness, tender mercies. That, that's how you'll literally see it said. Tender mercies, mercy, love, 
different translations keep using a different word. But if you go back and look at the Hebrew word, it's this word chesed. Chesed. You can say the ch, okay? Chesed. It's, it's, but it is, it's talking about loving kindness, tender mercies. Loving kindness. This is, now this is, it's who God is, right? So to make it, you know, in Hosea 6 verse 6, it says, remember I desire mercy and not sacrifice. Remember who Jesus quoted that? I desire love and not sacrifice. The ESV says love and not sacrifice. Jesus quoted it in the New Testament. He said, go and find out what this means. Remember? He said to the Pharisees, you need to find out something. I desire mercy, not sacrifice. You guys are all about sacrifice, doing stuff for me. And Jesus said, go and find out what this means. That's what I'm talking about here. We're studying what this means. Because that word steadfast love is that word chesed. Different translations will say tender mercies, mercy. But it's this everlasting, steadfast love, tender mercies. In fact, to make it a little clearer, we had a psalmist write a psalm, a famous one, Psalm 136. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His mercy or his tender, his steadfast love endures for a little bit. Until you kick the dog again. No. Every verse of Psalm 136. Give thanks to the God of gods. His steadfast love endures forever. Forever. Steadfast love. Tender mercy endures. You think that he was trying to make a point? Steadfast love, tender mercy, endures forever, endures forever, endures forever. We hear it three times and we're like, oh, jeez, for Pete's sake, suffer. And the psalmist just carries on, endures forever, endures forever, endures forever. You get it? Endures forever. He's trying to make a point. So your homework is to go and read, <laughs> besides listen to this hundred times. Go and listen, no, read Psalm 136. But let it, let it soak in you. It's tender love. Steadfast love. Tender mercies. Kindness. Sometimes in the Young's literal it says, his kindness is to the age, says the Young's literal. His mercy, it says in the Amplified, his mercy and loving, and loving kindness endure forever. So knowing, knowing God, like we talk about intimately knowing God, is, is really knowing love. His agape. It, it, it's, it's seeing the definitions of love and soaking in the, this concept of 1 Corinthians 13, 4 to 8 and saying, wow, love bears no record of wrongs? I mean, that's another one of those forgiveness scriptures. What? But, 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 but what about the screen in heaven thing that's going to come down and show us? If, no, no. Love bears no record of wrongs. And I thought you said God is, God is going to judge. Yes, there's going to be a judgment, but love bears no record of wrongs. When we study forgiveness, that, that's a big part of understanding the love of God. He bears no record of wrongs. You cannot go to God and say, um, he's like, what? You can't go with him with stuff that you've done wrong, because why? He does, bears no record of wrongs. Now, we should confess. We should say the same thing as we should acknowledge our mistakes and stuff like that. that. That's a healthy thing for our hearts. But you can't go and keep reminding him of your sin. It says that he forgives all our sin and heals all our diseases. He casts our sin in the sea of forgetfulness as far as the east is from the west. Anybody know how long that is, how far that is? Right? All, we, we can carry on and on and on all the times, even in the New Testament, love, in, all, of these, all of these beauty things about God. God doesn't remember these things. This is love bears no record of longs. It forever, it endures. It's, love remains. It, it, it's, it's patient. It's kind. It's all of these things, right? Not, I'm and particularly trying to stay away from 1 Corinthians 13 because I know people just blaze up when you go to 1 Corinthians 13. But... Knowing our Father this way is, is one of the parts of the story. I really want to spend some time at some stage talking about the parable of the, of the, the prodigal son because that's <laughs> such a powerful uh, a parable. 
And actually, it was never called the prodigal son, the parable of the prodigal son in, in Scripture. We have just adopted one of the sons and said, let's, let's call it the parable of the par prodigal son. And it's actually, that whole parable starts with a man had two sons, full stop. And then it goes to tell about the one, and then it goes to tell about the other one. And we forget the point that he was making in the whole parable. But, but that first one, love of God. There's so much stuff about codependency and how not to be codependent. Do you notice that the father didn't chase the son down the road? Didn't say, come back, come back. But you know that he waited for him. His door was always open for him. He was always, always loved him. And when he came to his senses, there was one thing that brought him back. He remembered. He remembered the goodness of God. He remembered how good his father was. And then he had that nice little prepared speech. I'm not worthy of being a son. I just want to be a servant. If I just have it, because I'm tired of eating pig food, to just give me a job here at this place. You know? And he had this whole little thing. I'm, he, I mean, he rehearsed it. I'm ready to go. And then, of course, he goes. And as soon as he heads home, father runs embraces him, picks him up, sandals on his feet, ring on his finger, slaughter the car. God, that, is, that is an image of God is always there if you will just remember. If you will just remember how much God loves you. If you will just know, oh my gosh, God is a whole lot better than eating pig food. Yep. Because that's exactly how the world will treat you. You can be eating pig food in your emotions. You can be eating pig food in your friendships. You can be eating pig. You can be wealthy beyond measure and be eating pig food. You can have a crappy life. But then, if you just remember how much God loves you, like he wrote to the Ephesians church and he called them back and he said, listen, guys, just remember and, and, and change your mind about stuff and do the things you did at first. Remember when we did the stuff that we did at first? Jesus is writing to the Ephesians and he's saying, remember all that stuff where it was just about love and we just, didn't, we just did this because we were in love with one another? He says, let's do that again. That's all he was calling the Ephesians back with. That's all he was saying. Let's do that again. Because love, when it's in our hearts, that love will crank your tractor, will motivate you, because if we don't get this, guys, we, we, we become so religious and we just toil. We just toil like the Ephesians. We just work and sweat. And I've got to do another usher duty. What the? I don't want to do another usher duty or children. Oh, I better do it because it's for God. God saved my soul. I best, I, the least I can do for him, the least I can do for him is go to church. Right? No. No, that's not the motivation. Even Paul, like T, T said, he wants us to be hilarious, even in our giving. Hilarious. He wants to be, he wants to be motivated. He, he doesn't want stuff. He wants love from a pure heart, the sincerity of faith. Why? What does it? Because, it's, because this is all about intimacy. It's all, it's all about him. It's all, it's all about love. It's all about love. But when it is in our hearts, it cranks our tractor. And, and, and so it makes a lot of sense when Jude 20, uh, Jude, there's only one chapter, verse 21 says, God and keep yourself in the love of God. In the classic, in the, in the Amplified, it says, um, God and keep yourselves in the love of God. Expect patiently, wait for in the love of God is, is the point. If you, there's, there's another scripture that says, it's, if you guard yourself, you're in good shape. You keep yourself in a knowledge of what I'm talking about today. And you will be motivated. It will crank your tractor. It will set, put you on, set on the feet. Do you know that even the gifts, even the gifts of the Spirit have to be motivated by love? All of those things are, have to be driven and motivated by love. And, 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 but it's so easy because, because, because this agape thing, this God kind of love thing, is not how the world thinks. 
There's no such thing as a free lunch. You better earn every, your, own your keep. All, it's not how the world thinks. It's not the mindset of the world. So it takes energy and effort to get our hearts and minds persuaded, renewed, put off, renew the mind, put on this, this awareness. Until, like I said, until that filter is on, it becomes your bee hat, your big, hairy, audacious truth that it's like, I tell you what, it will guard you. It will keep you safe. Somebody will come preaching a message and say, oh, this is, and you were like, he doesn't know God. Why? How can you be so sure? Because I know him. I know him. I know him. There's nothing you can tell me about him that that doesn't fit. It doesn't match because you are so persuaded in his love for you. You're so persuaded. And like I said, you reflect that to others. When you love, when you receive that love, and you decide to receive that love, like we said last week, and I mentioned Karen said this, you know, it's where we become like the moon to his sun. You don't have to generate love. You just reflect it. You can't help but glowing. You come out of a prayer closet time where your heart is lit and we're full of the love of God, it's hard not to just owe love everywhere. Just people that are just loaded with love, they're just loaded with love because it's not because they're any different to you. God, and God, every single person in the world, he's calling into this intimacy relationship. But there is a difference. If you don't receive that, if you don't place yourself, give what you don't have because it's not, agape doesn't come from you. It comes from him. Amen. You just, let's, let's, let's just imagine that. Let's just th soak in that for a minute here. And Holy Spirit, thank you that you do confirm your word with signs and wonders, Father. And thank you for this incredible truth that you said we're supposed to plumb height and depth, length and breadth. You said that it even surpasses knowledge. But that we can still experience it. Something that blows us away. And, and, and we open our hearts to this. Lord, we open and surrender to your love. We want to be rooted and grounded in this love. Teach us to guard and keep and protect ourselves in this love. Know this love. Be in a journey, an intimate journey with you. So that can hear all you have to say because we know we know you we know you that everything you're about to say everything you're about to tell us and everything you're going to give us is from the motive of this love we will choose to see it that way we will choose to filter everything because we will see you as you are this love would you call us back into that relationship and if you have if you've and, and, and look, I'm, we all do it. We all step away. We all get so distracted. The cares of this world, deceitfulness of riches, desire for other things can just, can just keep our eyes off this. It's, and God's saying, no, just I'm calling you back. Spend time with me. He just wants to remind you how much he loves you. Keep you persuaded of that. It will be, the beauty is that it's a lifelong, you can never reach the end of it. You can never say, okay, I've got it. Because it is depthless, without length, height. It's just, you can't plumb it. So just choose, just say, Lord, I want to walk in this love. I want to know this agape. I want to know you. Surrender to what he's doing in that. Now, if you don't know Jesus, then all you have to do is just pray a simple prayer in your heart. And in your heart, just say, Lord, I need you. Meet me where I'm at. I've never known of a God of love that like this, and I just surrender to that. Meet me where I'm at, and God will. He will meet you right there. He knows the prayer of your heart. If you call to him in your heart and say, I need you, he'll meet you right there. It's not magical prayers. 
But I do encourage you that if that's the prayer of your heart, and instantly you say something like that to God, He'll come in and save you. He will. And then we would love to help you on your journey. Talk to one of the prayer ministers afterwards and they can point you in the right direction, get you grounded, get you established, come to a, a D group, a discipleship group. We want to encourage you, get us, come to one of our discipleship groups in this, in this next semester. It's, it's a grounding in, in a foundation that will help you grow. Um, and if you have healing in your body, when, when we teach anything from the Word of God, God will always confirm His Word with signs and wonders. If you need, if you have healing, a need of healing in your body, God wants to be good to you and show you how much He loves you. If you've struggled with something for a long time, doesn't matter, or whether it's a short time, whether it's a back pain or whether it's a major issue, those are not difficult for God. Those are not difficult. We're constantly seeing God heal people. So please, don't feel, I want, let God show himself slow to pray with you. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, I am going to dismiss the service and, and, and I'm going to um, just send you on your way and, and say, have a, uh, think about joining in the GLS. Tell people, plug in. Remember, uh, deadline for early bird pricing is Tuesday. Um, it'll still be open through for a while, but you just have to pay more to come to that. Amen. We love you guys so very much. Remember, we can be be the reflection. Get in, soaked in, stay. Walk this, walk this thing with us. Amen. Have a great week. We love you guys.